Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. The modern version of that, of um, I would have voted for Obama for a third term, is I love Green Book, by the way. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> that is actually really good. <laughs> Welcome back to Film Fanatics, where we talk about the movies that have us obsessed, excited, and inspired. I'm Alan. And I'm Gal. This week, we're having another special director episode, and we're focusing on writer-director Jordan Peele. That's right. We're reviewing both Get Out and Us, as well as his newest hit, Nope. To help us with that, we called our buddy Math Teacher Movies. Hi, Sean. What's up? Hey. How you doing, guys? Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Sean and I have... Uh have been following each other on Instagram for a while and uh, knowing each other through the League of Cinephiles. So it's really fun to have you on Film Fanatics. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. So how about we start with some movie news, Gal? All right. So um, basically, uh, Warner Brothers greenlit um, this new movie called Wise Guys, and it's directed by the legendary Barry Levinson, who uh, directed Rain Man, Good Morning Vietnam, uh, Wag the Dog, and a lot more. I think his last movie was The Survivor. I... Sean, have you seen it? Yeah, I did. I wasn't a huge fan, but a lot of people did love it. Okay. Um, haven't watched it yet, but I heard it was good. And of course, it's a gangster movie, so you got to get Robert De Niro in there. Um, and yeah, I'm excited. The rumor is he's playing two characters, which sounds really cool. It's great because it is the typecast, but he has to give himself that new challenge where he's like, oh, I'll play the two rival mob bosses. and Who are uh, twins for some reason. He's like... He's uh, getting cast out of type. He's not playing a mob boss. He's two mob bosses. If if anyone can do it, it's Mr. De Niro. One wasn't enough for him anymore. Amazing. So um, our second story of the day, there's an Ocean's prequel directed by Jay Roach happening from the Austin Powers movies, Meet the Parents, Bombshell. Oh, I love Bombshell. Um... It's set in the 60s, stars Margot Robbie, and Ryan Gosling is also in talks. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty soon reunion for Barbie and Ken if it happens. When it comes to this stuff, it's, you know, why can't they just have like a cool 60s heist movie? Like, why does it have to be like with the ocean's name on it? I mean, you know, I guess to, you know, sell more tickets and everything. But, you know, I think that it's good to have like, you know, just like a fun separate property with some quirkiness to it. I think I like the idea of Jay Roach going back to a more like lighter fair comedy-ish sort of deal. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for this one. Um, I just hate like the ocean's name is constantly on there. The ocean's movies. I like the first one. Haven't really seen two and three. I saw oceans eight. Didn't really like it. I don't think we need another like reboot prequel thingy. I feel like a sixties Ryan Gosling, Margot Robbie heist movie on its own would be like an awesome blockbuster without oceans, whatever. So I'm with you here. Like for example, um, there was Steven Soderbergh's Logan Lucky not too long ago. That was an original heist movie. Like if it was something along those lines, I would be totally on board. I don't know. I actually like the two sequels. Actually, the three sequels from the Oceans. Like I don't love it like the original one. But like I had a good enough time with uh, the three of them. But speaking more about the director choice, I loved I loved Jay Roach. And like I said, Bombshell was one of my favorite movies in 2019. So I'm excited he's getting some work. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. I'm, I have more faith because he's helming it than anything else. 
and he's got the quirky level to him like he's got that quirkiness to him which is why like i you know something like bombshell was it he it was a strange choice for him to uh like direct that even though well, he also know, did, did trumbo like right it. before so like I, I i i sort of think about it in that regard so i hope i i hope this is good i think like you know it'll be fun it'll probably be called oceans five oceans six i don't know ocean 60s ocean 60s So on to some more movie news. Um, Apple recently released a trailer for The Greatest Beer Run Ever, which seems to be their biggest awards play for 2022 because uh, Martin Scorsese's movie got delayed. Um, The Will Smith movie, uh, Emancipation, got delayed for obvious reasons. But yeah, this movie is about like Zac Efron plays a war veteran who's like it's pretty much a true story about a guy who was challenged by his friends to track down their friends in Vietnam and um and like just give them beer and some laughs um it seems like it'll kind of be like we mentioned earlier good morning vietnam it seems like that kind of movie where it's like war but comedy but heartwarming but drama i don't know but also i know that green book's best picture win was a little controversial so i don't know what do you think now the trailer does depict that it's going to be serious they're going to handle it seriously but I, I don't know when I see Vietnam War comedy. I mean, I, I, you know, it can be done, but it gets a little bit dicey. I, I, I obviously, I'm, 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 of course, one of those losers that hates Green Book, and I just, you know, or just like really hates the like insane admiration for it. Um, and so I think that this like might step in the same problems. Um, but I'm gonna see it. I'm the trailer was like good. It was interesting. It fascinated me, but. Yeah, I don't know. I'll say this. Bill Murray looks great in this movie. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a big role, but I'm always in for like a fun Bill Murray performance. I'd like to go over to Vietnam, track down all the boys in the neighborhood and give them a beer. I could do that. Do what? Bring him beer. He's not serious. He's hammered. Look at him. The man's stone sober. That's his fifth beer, maybe. Tops. I'm going to Vietnam and I'm bringing him beer. Also, this movie has two things that I'm a stand for. I will go see Zac Efron, like, peel a banana and eat it in front of me for two hours. <laughs> and <laughs> anything that's on Apple TV+, Plus, I would watch it in the first five seconds. Yeah. Well, it's coming out September 30th. Uh, we'll have to see if, like, this is Apple's shot for a Best Picture nomination. But for me, it seems like the movie that looks fun but could go either way. The new Wednesday trailer came out. Uh, Wednesday is like the Family Adams movie reboot type thing directed by Tim Burton. And it's coming out on Netflix. What do you think about it, Sean? Did you watch it? Uh, I watched it. And um, I mean, I'm very impressed because obviously, like, you know, like most people with Tim Burton, it's kind of like what's happened to the guy. Like, it's just, you know, this was like, you know, it's everything is, you know, CGI, even the sets and like the characters. And I, I saw this and I was like, oh, he's back. He's doing like the sets that he used to. He, there's a lot to it that he's getting into like the darkness level of him where, you know, like it was just uh, costumed up characters and it doesn't really look overproduced. And I'm, this gets dark and I love that. And I love that they went that way with like an Adams Family type of uh, show. I mean, you know, the other side of me says, do we need 
a Wednesday Adams show when I think like I think every year we get an Adams Family property. I mean, there was those True. crazy animated shows. I don't think I've watched. There was the, two animated movies with um, didn't even come close. With Oscar Isaac that, yeah. and Charlize Theron. People are upset about the casting, but it's like you know you can't have Raul Silvia anymore, unfortunately. Rest in peace. Like <laughs> like so so Luis Guzman does sound like a lot of fun in that role. <laughs> like, he he sounds like it. the best casting they could have gone does. for. And I love how there's people. I saw this. I think yesterday. People were like, why would you make him Latino? And I'm like, is his, his name, name Gomez? His name is Gomez. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Honestly, though, Jenna Ortega is part of what makes me really excited for this because she's had a lot of really good breakout roles this year. You will love Nevermore. It's a magical place. Where I met your mother. That's all I love. peers who understand you. Maybe you'll even make some friends. Want to take a stab at being social? I do like stabbing. If I had to compare this to anything he's done, this looks kind of like it'll be the tone of Beetlejuice. Um, and I'm a fan of Beetlejuice, so I think I'll at least enjoy the concept and the vibe of what this show's going for. Shall we get into uh, Jordan Peele? That's uh, our director's spotlight for this episode. One of the most imaginative directors of this generation. Uh, he's three movies in, and he's already considered like um like a very like bankable name. Um, he gets a lot of like creative freedom to make original content from a theatrical studio like Universal, and. Um, and his journey is amazing because, of course, he started from Key and Peele. I, I love Key and Peele. And it just, like, goes to show you, like, the amount of times, like, you know, just underestimate Jordan Peele. Because I remember when that show came out, I was like, we don't need a sketch comedy show. Why do, why is this here? There's nothing new to a sketch comedy show. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, you know, the, the skits just start to show up. I'm, from, I'm actually from Brazil, Sean. And I remember back home, everything just coming out on YouTube. So, like, that's how people knew Key and Peele in Brazil. It was basically on YouTube only but either way that's how i met them i met them online on youtube randomly at like 3 a.m probably when i was probably supposed to be sleeping because i had school the next day oh i've i've stayed up a lot just like binging key and peel on youtube like on my phone in bed or like i'm supposed to be doing homework but i just got home from school and like a, a key and peel sketch that i didn't see popped up on youtube i have those stories for sure for sure Shun, do you have a favorite Kian Pugh sketch? When it comes down to it, um, I love their connection to uh, teachers. Um, and obviously there is the all-time great, which is, I mean, this one has been made into t-shirts. It's probably the one that I'm going to, that I was going to say, but go on. Yeah. No, uh, so I'll let you have that one. But like, yeah, that, that's just one of the many. The other one they have, which doesn't involve that, but all is known as the uh, teacher draft. Um, where oh, yeah, uh, a good like, one. they are, the teachers are drafted like basketball players. And it's like, it's actually kind of unbelievable. <laughs> like, they're not involved in it at all. They just have like, you know, just, you know, their uh, parents, humble basketball players. And like just like quick little like details in there that they're drafted to certain high schools and they're getting million dollar contracts. And, you know, as like, obviously from my handle, math teacher movies, I am a teacher. And so there's like sort of this appreciative nature to those like really um, like 
hysterical ones they have. They have the inner city school for uh, Hogwarts. I'm, I'm probably. Oh, doing I too love many, that but, one. Um, that one's genius. I would say probably my favorite one is the one that really like pushes the boundaries is that they're at the slave auction. And they get upset oh, yeah. that so all these good. other slaves are getting picked before them. And it's kind of just wonderful because it's just like, oh, God, would you feel that way? It's, it's a very office-ish sort of like the awkward moment where it's like, I don't know if I should enjoy this at all. Like, it's There's rough. a similar one with uh, the Civil War reenactors. And then they just come oh, and they're yeah. like, oh, we'll play along and we'll act like the stereotypical slaves. That one had me dying when I was first, um, when I was first uh, watching it. Oh man, they they are so funny. So my favorite, of course, is probably a lot of people's favorite, is substitute teacher. A. A. Ron. A. A. Ron. Jay Quillen. Jay Quillen. Balake. I love the second one too because I remember they did like a follow up to that. The second one's also really funny because he's like doubling down on it, even though you can see in his face he knows that that's not their names anymore. But, like, he's still calling them he's that. He's just so proud that he needs to, like, reassure himself that it's their real names. Man, I, that, oh, my God. I, remember, I think that might have been actually the first one that I ever watched. I think for me, too. Oh, <laughs> so, like, maybe that's also why I have such a strong connection to this sketch. But uh, <laughs> I watched that sketch probably once every, like, two or three months. Gal, do you have a favorite that's not teacher-related? So for me, there's one that also pushes the boundaries, and it had me dying the first time I watched it. It's where basically he's um, Keegan-Michael Key is having a funeral for his father, and he's like, I didn't know, but my dad was a movie actor. And they play all like the racist, stereotypical roles that, um, that Jordan Peele as the f- deceased father played, um, like the like the dumb uh, servant or the guy who's shining the shoes or like the, the African tribe member. It's like, it's true and it's dark, but they do it in a really laugh out loud way. Oh, what about the one that Phil Dunphy plays a Nazi? Oh my God, yes. the yeah, Unbelievable. So there's funny. two of them that he's in. There's one where it's like awesome Hitler story and there's one where he's like, they, they have to pretend to be white. Yeah, that's the best one where they have, where they have to pretend to be white. He's so dumb and it's so funny. There's one that I think also really highlights his talents. I didn't know this, but Jordan Peele actually majored in puppetry when he went to college. And so there's one where he's, um, it's called Puppet Parole Officer. And uh, Keegan-Michael Keyes has gone parole. And of course, Jordan Peele is his PO. And he tries to use this puppet named Little Homie to like communicate with his puppets. And then it becomes this intricate test where um it's sort of like a like a classic like uh, movie thug like gangster character but he's communicating it through a puppet it's really good how are they so good what they do on a lot of them and it's you know it's what we're gonna get with with jordan peele on this thing he doesn't make horror movies he makes the horror movies with a message which you know has been a trend now that has become a little bit annoying and gnawing but in this pretty much every single comedy like uh message you got like or comedy sketch you got there was something to be said even if it was really sort of stupid um like you know the the insult comic going after the guy that's been uh completely burned and in a wheelchair um and is gay and (laughs) um, this is one i almost pretty much don't find funny and they did not mean for this to be funny i don't think and it's the bullying sketch which we oh, show yeah. to our kids. <laughs> like, because oh, it's like, I'm going like, to internalize very, that like, right accurate. now and take it home to my family. Yeah, I remember that. There's a psychology level there, which it's just, you know, they're 
I think like more than that, I mean, sure. Like you watch SNL and you just watch something stupid and it's funny still. And that's fine. David S. Pumpkins is brilliant. Like it really is. But in this, you do feel like you're fed right after you've watched the yeah. Key Peel sketch. No matter, no matter how silly and goofy and dumb it is, there's something about it that keeps you fed. I guess one more I want to shout out that I wanted to and forgot uh, is of course his Obama impression. And it's like, there's, there's that whole running gag of the anger translator, but there's one where uh, Michelle Obama brings her own anger translator. And then um, Malia, I think one of the daughters brings her anger translator. Who's played by Kiki Palmer, who of course they reunited much later down the line. Amazing. I oh, also one that's re- I, we have to move on, but like also one that's really funny, it's when he's when he's going like when he's playing Obama and he's going the down this, the meet and greet. They're going down the this line of people, oh and when God. when he sees white people, he's just like, "Sir, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you." And when he sees black people, he's just like this this weirdest yeah. shit. Like it he kisses so the black funny. baby and then he shakes the white baby's hand. No, that was that was insane. Jordan Peele came out with Get Out and just blew up and like got an Oscar nomination, got Why? an Oscar win even and like like right away and like all of a sudden like he was like the name in Hollywood. And I think at least right now like Jordan Peele has this name ability like all three of his movies have been box office hits. Like, at least now, like, I'm not saying he's more accomplished than these people, but even, like, Ron Howard or Alfonso Cuaron, like, they have to go to streaming sometimes. But, like, Jordan Peele, Christopher Nolan, and Tarantino are, I think, the ones that are, like... Well, I mean, I think, yeah, it's just one of those things where now he's become the, uh, uh, what I call appointment directors, where, you know, a Jordan Peele film is out, so we're going to watch it. A Christopher Nolan film is out, so we're going to watch it. And, like, that, it's going to be seen by, you know... Like box office be damned, who knows what'll happen, but it will be seen by like the uh, like the general cinephile public, and then you know there'll be others as well. There'll be others that come in when they hear about it. The the normies, as I like to call them. Um, yeah. But like I remember they said like Jordan Peele is going to direct a horror film. I I literally didn't watch the trailer because I expected like I I didn't expect anything from this. I was like, oh cool, the guy from the comedy sketch show, which is a great comedy sketch show, but the guy from the comedy sketch show is directing a horror. None of that makes sense. I'm not even bothering with this. I was one of the people that like saw Get Out a few weeks in. So let's start with Get Out. Why is Get Out um, such like a a revolution for movies, cinematically, the industry, and for Peel himself? Like, let's talk about how special this movie was. Like, especially how much he blend, blended genres and brought these themes that we usually like mostly see in biopics and historical movies to like to like entertainment. You know. First of all, can we all agree it's the best one? It's my favorite. I I waffle, and we'll talk about that. I, I heard there's going to be some countdowns later. I waffle back and forth, but I probably will put it as the best one. Yeah. It just approached race in a way and race relations and all of these really, really hard subjects in a way that didn't like beat you over the head with it, but at the same time just made you think about like a bunch of things. Yeah, I mean, like you, like you said, the most important thing is this movie was fun. Um, and so, like, it obviously had a lot to say that was important. Um, there was medicine in there, but there was a lot of sugar with that medicine. Um, and I think that was probably, like, one of the most important things here. People walked out of that theater not exactly knowing 
the uh, the general message. They just didn't. And then like, but you think about it a little bit more and there's a subconscious that gets in there. You get a little bit inceptioned and you, like you start to realize, oh, this was about cultural appropriation. Like you get that feeling at first and then you start to see it. And then then all of a sudden you realize it's obvious because they're literally dropping white brains into black people. It, it's like into black bodies. And it's like, it's like, oh, okay. So now this is just like, he's com completely dead setting. I mean, he hid most of the stuff in plain sight. I always think about it. Bradley Whitford is showing Daniel Kluge around the house and says like, we always loved our grandmother, so we kept a piece of her in this kitchen as they show uh, the maid. And I, I kind of like wonder, it's like, how, like, how do you actually like sort of like manufacture something that beautiful through like visual storytelling that we're not gonna know yet? The, the, the skill and the craftsmanship he uses as a filmmaker, I mean, people have debated is, uh, you know, Peel a better writer or a filmmaker. Um, I think he's a pretty damn good writer, but I mean, I think his filmmaking is like kind of perfection. And like, I think his directing like, is at a new level. Flawless. Oh. Something that uh, that really, like, I guess, cost, like, that brought all of this into focus for me was maybe one of the best like pin drop moment moments in movie history when his girlfriend turns. Which because you know, and you know, I can't give you the keys, Chris. And uh, and like, I like at, at some level you kind of knew that she maybe was in on it and all that, but like, the, just how perfect that moment was to like build it up in your head that though she's definitely not it. Like she's she's so convincing, looking for those damn keys, that you're like, oh my god, she doesn't know how insane they they fucking are. Like get out of there, both of you, get the fuck out, and then like. When it hits you, you're like, oh, my God. You feel like he does in the moment. Like Daniel Kaluuya's character in the moment. You're like, oh, fuck. Give me those keys. Rose, no! No, the keys! Where are those keys, Rose? You know I can't give you the keys, right, babe? I think that's honestly one of the best like pin drop moments in like any movie also like um daniel kaluuya obviously like he's he's sort of an every man but he is going through like the issues that um that black people experience because of the system that peel is so critiquing of in this movie but also like you root for him you enjoy him and i do want to also shout out of course allison williams but bradley whitford and katherine keener as the parents are so amazing it was unbelievable that they tapped into the uh, the <clears throat> white liberal racist um, sort of like the, the the person who says I would have voted for Obama a third time and would and say it to someone like that. And <clears throat> you see it all the time. You see the people that have the Black Lives Matter lawn sign and then also like call the cops on, you know, someone just hanging out there. And uh, it, like it, it was it, the, the hypocrisy is it feels almost like it should just be straight up fake, but it's like a very true thing. There's a meme where like the the modern version of that of um, I would have voted for Obama for a third term is I loved Green Book by the way. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually really good. <laughs> um, so yeah, that I'm never gonna forget. Oh if ever God. Do a, if we ever do an extended cut. Well, but uh, God, uh, but yeah, it because it would have been so much easier for him, and I feel like to also sell it to like for them to be Republicans. So much easier oh, yeah. if you're selling this movie to a studio. But I'm so glad they're not. Like, it, it, it hits you in so, in so many other levels, them not being the stereotypical 
like conservative like like we've talked about that let's let's talk to, let's talk about something else that's that's why i love jordan peele his movies always seem to like talk about things that we almost talk about but that we we're not talking about yet it's just so, too uncomfortable yeah so like yeah. i like that it opens up this weird conversation so in that way let's move on to us that came out in 2019 right yes okay anyway us was a pretty fun ride so this is the one where like it's just great that he went through uh, this uh you know this journey as a director even though this is only two films but uh get out was like you know the smash hit it's a lot of fun it's entertaining and it does have the message but the entertainment is what like you know people enjoy people love with us he was like yeah screw that i'm gonna have entertainment but like i'm not i'm not including the sugar with the medicine on this one baby like you you are getting the message it is not gonna make logical sense what's happening don't try like you know it's like how do they do laundry down there who gives a shit like this is like you know like, i'm here to tell a message that is like completely and totally artistic and nothing else and that's what i, I love about love him. that like, kind of step for his second film he was just like no 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 no. like you, like cinema sins come at me come on come on cinema sins. let's do this <laughs> yeah i love like he probably like uh right after get out i think he got like this huge contract with uh universal and blumhouse and i love that like in this contract he probably says that he can do whatever the fuck he wants and it was yeah. like oh whatever the fuck i want here that's what i want <laughs> and they had no choice they had to release it i remember having to shake this movie off for sure like um like i remember like i went home after i saw this movie in the theater and i was like okay no doppelgangers coming to the room to kill me. I'm going to be okay. Speaking of Lupita Nyong'o, uh, I think a lot of people, like everyone knows that the Oscars don't really nominate horror performances, but I think everyone was talking that she should have been nominated that year. I agree. What this movie said about class um, within different races, like the, the upper class was killed instantly by their doppelgangers. Uh, the lower class is the one doing the killing. And then there's the middle class that like is constantly having to fight and pretty much like how much they have to fight, how much the lower class has to fight and do shameful things to like become the middle class, which is why some people said that twisted the end tacked on was lame. I thought it was spectacular because it shows yeah, like, I agree. what I agree Lupita has to go through. It's uh, I, I am, I truly was blown away by this movie. This is why, like, you know, you guys all wanted to agree Get Out's the best, and I'm pretty much there. But the 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 gigantic swings made and pretty much everything connecting on this one is, like, why I really do love Us a lot. But I think you're right, Get Out's the best. But <laughs> That is such a big swing because it could s s so easily made no sense, but it's perfect. Like it's not after you watch it, it's like that's the only way it could have ended. That's one of my favorite endings to a thriller movie, maybe ever, because it's just like, it's just like um, it gives you this shock, and then instead of like, um, like giving you giving the characters a moment to react, it's just that smile and then the wide shot of the hands across America, and then it's over. love his use of motifs in movies whether it's like the rabbits in this movie or the ad that um that uh she watches in the beginning of us hands across america that only comes yeah. back towards the end when you realize what the the tethered are doing 
All right, well, we'll talk about it in Nope, but he, he associates seemingly Im- innocent things with the most terrifying shit ever, and I love it. Yeah, I think he's the master of, at least right now, probably one of the best when it comes to, like, symbolism and when it comes to twists done right. I feel like, I feel like because of the commentary, because of, like, the classicism that he's talking about on us and, like... How you don't notice that until so close to the end. And I feel like it's not just classism. Yeah. It's like it's materialism that yeah. he's talking about. Because, right, like Elizabeth Moss's character is all about like, oh, I want to get this new plastic surgery and et cetera. Like the, like the higher, the upper class can get whatever they want. The government is trying to, um, is trying to like uh, create clones because, right, that's their, um, that's because they can do it. They have the money. They can do it. But what about? What about the lower class? What about the poor? Are their needs invisible? Like, literally, they live yeah. underneath Earth. So... Yeah, I think, like you said, the clone thing, I think it's also, like, a commentary on, like, the whole rich people have no consequences for anything they do. And again, like in Get Out, I think all the th- themes in this movie come through. I think it's, like, as close to perf- like to perfect horror as one can be. If it just hit, didn't have to compete with Get Out, like that—that's the only bad thing about this movie. It's that it has to com—it has to compete with Get Out. So let's talk about which I think it's clearly the third position for for all of us. Um, uh, yeah, an, an unfortunate third because it's just like, like it's the same criticism I just had of us. It's because it's comparing to two fantastic movies. It's not fair. <laughs> Sean, uh, me and Gal went to watch this movie together uh, last week. The whole way back, we were just talking about the movie and, like, you know, talking about, like, how weird it was and, like, trying to, like, piece it together. I feel this one, perhaps even more than the other ones, for us to completely grasp it, deserves a rewatch. I mean, you guys aren't going to tell me what's going on? Hell no. There's something out here. And you're the only person in the world that can get it on film. That cloud, I moved a goddamn inch. Did you see a UFO in that cloud? I saw it. Holy hell. Let's go, baby! Let's go! Let's go! Yeah, I mean, with this one, I, I first of all love our reactions towards the trailers of this one, um, because, you know, obviously Jordan Peele became the social horror guy, or like, he's going to have a commentary on all his movies. So we all said, okay, so it's about what? aliens, so it's probably going to be about uh, colonialism, or it's going to be about, uh, you know, like, immigration or something. No, it was about movie making. The guy made a movie about making movies, and I thought that was just an absolutely awesome message and our obsession with telling the story and trying to like like be able to like get the shots to tell the story is really good at making the medicine go down easy this movie is so funny and so fun (laughs) weirdly enough because i was shitting my pants throughout like half of it what he does that i think is very different from other horror movies is he never makes his characters helpless he makes them really capable and intelligent not just that like there aren't that many black leads in horror movies in history but um the fact is like they're not just there to like be scared like they're funny they react to things uh you know funny way like they yeah they move the plot along problem solving like they're not just rare (laughs) like most of the characters i mean there's a lot of carnage in these movies but i don't think any character is just there to die 
And yeah. like Daniel Kaluuya in this is great because he's good at what he does and nothing else. Like he is like someone who's just like, I am here for my job with horses. I can't, I don't even know how to speak to people properly. So like, you know, just like keep me here. And so it's sort of like he does like, and this is not Kaluuya, but this is his, he's playing a character that doesn't want to be in this movie which is this really bold <laughs> performance because that could come off as like really like, you know, just like cynical and disingenuous. And instead it's just like something where he's like, oh crap, I have to do this now. I have to do this. Now. And he's just kind of like title. slowly getting yeah. through, through it. Yeah, he keeps saying, nope, not dealing with this shit. And I love how Kiki Palmer is like the opposite of this. She's so excited that this is happening. Of course, until shit actually goes down and then she's like scared shitless. But like... Before that happened, like, she's having the time of her life. She's spending time with her bro. She's uh, filming some aliens. She's, like, she's, like, in cloud nine. But, like, I am very... I think one of the most remarkable scenes in this, because this was a very funny, like, movie, like we were saying. And um, I, what I really like about one of the scenes is the, the nope scene where he's, like, in the truck and literally the flying saucer is above him. And it's great because he's just sitting there in the driver's seat and Peel is just, like, stays on him for... It had to be like, it felt like five minutes. It had to be a good like 45 seconds of him sort of reacting and kind of looking around very, <laughs> very calm, but also definitely terrified. And um, I couldn't believe like what I saw with that. It's like, you know, you are just, you, you are just a beautiful filmmaker. Oh. We're dealing with like a survival theme in this and, uh, you know, or the, the hubris of survival or handling something that can't be tamed, a predator that can't be tamed. And it's just one of those things where Kaluuya knows how to do that. He knows to respect something that is more powerful than him. And so he kind of like, you know, he backs up from it. He, you know, d like basically like the same way a horse will. Steven Yeun doesn't know that because he doesn't realize that. And so then he, he decides to like, you know, say like, oh, I'm going to constantly try to like exploit the flying saucer. And. Um, I really love Steven Young's performance because, like, man, could that role have been the most annoying, over-the-top thing, where it's just the yeah. child star exploiting tragedy and, like, running the circus and everything. And instead, it's just, like, Young knows how to underact better than anyone. I, that's not even that, – that can't possibly be considered an insult. But, like, he's just so good at being mellow with a role like this, which it still made oh, sense. So understated. Yeah, also, I mean, I think the whole movie is also um, interested in why we're obsessed with, I guess, cheating death. Uh, like, and why we're, why we want to get as close to death and danger as possible without actually suffering. Um, especially as, like, we're obsessed with, like, looking at images of chaos on the news. I won't say who, but I have family members who are, like, watching reality shows about, like, hospitals near us and there's surgeries going on and it's like real and stuff and i'm like okay why is this considered like reality entertainment now like why are we as people so obsessed with the idea of like death and harm and danger as long as we're like like you said with our hubris personally safe from it yeah well did i think our conversation kind of just proves how incredible and layered this guy is as a filmmaker. He knows this Because we were so not well. talking about three movies. We were talking about race, classicism, uh, filmmaking, <laughs> uh, like hubris. We were talking about like all these insane levels. And this is in all his films. This is not like one film. It's not that like the one for them, one for me. 
I feel jo- like Jordan Peele broke that in a way that like he makes films for for him that works for us as well, if that makes any sense. And like we we're all here for it, and we're we're here for the entertainment, but we love like the deep conversations that it brings out. He has made three movies and he has not missed, and I think that is something to be celebrated about. Um, I always get worried. I, I I run into this with Nolan when I didn't like Tenet, and like the argument for why Tenet was good was, but it was directed by Christopher Nolan. I agree with you. Gal, I actually Gal, really like Tenet. Gal doesn't agree with you. I agree with you. I'm 100%. actually a big fan of Tenet. <laughs> if people liked it, people liked it. But I do know that there were people that literally said to me, "But this is a Nolan film." I'm like, that's, what? That's not, <laughs> a, that's not how that works. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, social horror is tough. Like it, like after Get Out, it got invigorated, and so many people tried it. Like Bad Hair, uh, Master, um, like they slash them, and those have all just like you know not done well. They've they've lacked neither the message or the fun or both. And yeah. it, you know, I, I think there's something there. <laughs> yeah, I would say I don't know how much he influenced them, but there's sort of like this. Um, like black modern surrealism subgenre that I think he helped trigger. Like, sorry to bother you is one of my favorites of that year, at least. Or uh, blind spotting, I guess, a little bit with the social themes with David Diggs, great movie. But also how like how he showed that like all audiences won't just go to movies led by white people. He said personally that Story Out of Compton gave him the confidence for Get Out, and now we have Black great Panther film. And Straight Outta Compton is amazing. I love that film. Yeah. Let's say for some reason Jordan Peele, he doesn't want his next, his next movie to be a social horror again. Or like a social like horror sci-fi. What genre combination would you like to see him take on next? You know, I just thought about this. Maybe like a space thriller. Uh, like... I want to see his visual approach to to like space or space stations because like, every every filmmaker has their interesting approach to it, whether it's Kubrick or Quaron, Nolan, Ridley Scott, George Clooney, etc. have all tried space movies. I'm a sucker for space movies, so I would like to see yeah. Jordan's take on it with that modern energy he always has. It's a fun idea. I would watch that for sure. Uh, Shane, did you think of one? Yes, um, I think there's a lot of uh, like back in like the 20s, um, you know, or maybe West or any sort of uh, situation like that. There's black criminals and black gangsters that their stories have never been told. And it would be really interesting to see him kind of handle a like very like crime drama sort of. uh, Are you thinking like an American gangster Frank Lucas type story? Yeah, something like American Get. Yeah, something there where it's just you know that would be fantastic as well. I'd be down. The harder they fall, um, kind of thing where you know just I something that movie, by the back way. in that sort of time. Like so, either a western or a crime drama. Uh, so thank you so much, Sean. Where can people follow you? 
So on Instagram, I am on Math Teacher Movies, and also there is a podcast uh, that I do with my buddy Joe. Uh, it is the Guy at the Movies podcast. Uh, we do that probably it releases around every Wednesday. We kind of jump around, but uh, yeah, those are the two things. Sounds good. Great. Thank you so much for for being here. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. This is great. All right, so that's that was a great uh, Jordan Peele episode. Um, Thank you to Jordan for uh, for making great content all these years. And thank you, you guys, for listening. And if you want to follow us on our social media platforms, we are the uh, Film Fanatics Pod on everything. And uh, if you want to follow Gauss' uh, film account. It's, it's film, film toppings. There you go. It's film toppings. Uh, so thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you, Sean, again. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. See ya.